But let me share with you, if you like, the word of the Lord this morning. So what's the message? The message this morning is, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do right now about the situation in the Ukraine? What would Jesus do about the ever-increasing rate of abortion that's going on across the world? How would Jesus be responding to climate change at the moment? How would Jesus respond to the gay Mardi Gras that was through the streets of Sydney last night? How does Jesus want me to spend the remaining years of my life? You see, we want our decisions to reflect Christ's example in our own lives. But let's face it, Jesus did ministry in a very different way to most of us, making direct parallels between Jesus and our own situations may be difficult. For instance, what did Jesus do for a paralytic man in need of healing? He would begin firstly by forgiving his sins. What would Jesus do about the situation in the Ukraine? Well, for the starters, he died for the Ukraine and for Russia. He came to deliver divine law, satisfy the demands of justice and fulfil righteousness. These are the kinds of things that Jesus would do. Some things in our lives are we don't have control over. COVID restricted many things that we could do, many of our plans, many of our hopes, maybe even our vision. Sometimes lack of finances, sickness, family circumstances can direct our paths. But there are many things that God gives us freedom to decide what we will do. What would Jesus really do? As I look at the life of Jesus, I want to imitate him. Firstly, Jesus lived a life of worship. I love that so much of what's happening in this church is around worship. Jesus spent so much time worshipping the Father, worshipping the Lord. The heart loves what it treasures. Your affections will follow what you hold to be valuable. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Intimacy with God and time in his presence is of vital importance. In ministry and in our day-to-day lives, we can get easily distracted by all sorts of things. Needs in front of us, how much work we have, how much family activity, how much time do we spend on TV or social media or even sports. But what's been happening in Asbury which I just wanted to show a tiny little one-minute video of just some of the very simple worship. It was based around worship. And the Lord says to you, base your time around worshipping him. And over the last months, a number of times, I've just gone on to 
YouTube and looked up Asbury College Worship and they've had live streaming, which has now stopped, but they have hours and hours of videos of just worship like that. I sit in my recliner rocker chair with the computer screen and just allow the Lord to wash over you. Really simple worship songs. Most of the songs are, are songs that you will know. And there's no hype, there's nothing. And the Lord says we need to bathe our lives in worship. Worshipping Him. Number two, what would Jesus do? Jesus preached the gospel and he practiced repentance. Jesus' greatest demand was to repent. Unless you repent, you will perish, it says in Luke chapter 13. Jesus said that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem, Luke chapter 24. Today is a very special day in this church. It's a day when a number of you will be baptised. You see, baptism is more than just dunking yourself in the water and getting out. It marks a personal identification with Christ and a public declaration of repentance. In baptism, you renounce service to sin and give your loyalty and service to Christ. Baptism provides you with an opportunity to identify with Christ's death and resurrection. Ros and I were privileged uh, two weeks ago to go to Israel. It's been a lifelong dream to walk where Jesus walked, to stand on the hill where uh, David defeated Goliath, all of those amazing things. But we had the privilege of baptising, this is a couple of photos, baptising a couple of uh, girls in the Jordan River. It was about 16 degrees. I think Andrew said it's 37 degrees out in the pool there. It was 16 degrees. It was absolutely freezing. You can think there's a couple more. We're able to baptise two grandchildren of a very dear friend of ours, Adrian Gray, who passed away. He was going to baptise his granddaughters. He passed away just over 12 months ago. And his wife, Kathy, asked, uh, asked me whether I would, if you like, stand in his place and baptise the girls. Yes, it was awesome that it was in the Jordan River. But today, for those who are being baptised, would you like to stand if you're being baptised? Today is a significant day for you. Yeah, let's just applaud them. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Just extend your hands towards them. Father, we bless repentance. We bless the forgiveness of sin. We thank you, Lord, for the waters of baptism. That is the public declaration of repentance, of new life, of turning away from sin. And so, Father, we bless these young men and women who are being baptised today. We pray, Lord Jesus, for new life. We pray that today would be a new day for them. That, Lord, as they go down into the waters and they come out again, the Father, they would sense the freshness of the Holy Spirit. They would, they would sense new life and new opportunity. 
they would understand again the forgiveness of sin because of what Jesus did for them on the cross. And so, Father, we bless them today in Jesus' name. Wow. I could really stop my sermon there, but I'll just have to make a couple. You know, I could stop there because the, the, the essential things are this. To worship the Lord, to pray, and to repent. You can remember those three things. Worship Him alone. Spend time in His presence. Continually ask for forgiveness of sins. That's the message of Jesus. A friend of ours many years ago, I think he had this illustration. I think his name was Roger Mitchell. He said, when we worship, when we pray, and when we repent, it's like we're pulling down little pieces of heaven. And as we do so, Jesus will come crashing through the clouds. And see, that's what I see happening in Asbury. Worship. Prayer, repentance, starting 400 years ago, suddenly Jesus comes crashing through the clouds. I'll pray that in your life. Number three, Jesus said, make disciples. Evangelism, discipleship, and encouraging others is so important. The Bible simply defines discipleship as teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20. It's important that we expose people to a level of biblical teaching that truly promotes a lifetime of purity and spiritual growth. Matthew 28 is a call to all believers, a call to disciple others. What would Jesus do, number four? He would serve the poor. It's really quite simple. When you love and serve the poor, you love and serve Christ. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 35. Jesus taught that we should always give from the bounty of our blessing. He who has two tunics, let him give to those who have none. And he who has food, to do likewise. In Luke chapter 3 and verse 11. We're called to serve the poor. You can do so through the community meals here on a Thursday. You can visit your neighbours. You can support missions. Or you can go. Our joy for us and I is to have served a generation. The children who you began to support in 2000 are now 22 and 23 years old with their own children. It says in Psalm 113, he's lifting the poor out of the dust to sit with kings and princes. In, in uh, November last year, you want to pop that next photo up. That's for the next couple of photos, the next one as well. That's the, 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 the kids who grew up with us, with their own children. And the next couple of photos, the same. First one was the girls, there's some of the boys. Ernesto, you began it with the red shirt on. I remember passing around fridge magnets, I think, in 2000, because he was very, very sick. He's now at university studying. Yeah, and then we had a, a big barbecue party. They were all singing the songs from when they were little children. We used to make them sit in the corner and they could remember the songs that we made them sing when they sat in the corner. 
And this photo here is a, is a, a great story. Her name is Beatrice. If you ever read Heidi's original book, um, this girl was brought from the streets at nine years of age. She never, could never read. And she was taken to our first centre at Shahunga, down near the Costa de Sol. And the lady on her right there was her first school teacher. And uh, she said when she got to the, to the school at the end of the first year, her report card was blank because she actually didn't know anything. She couldn't read, she couldn't write, she didn't know uh, uh, any numbers. Anyway, we were there in uh, August last year when Beatrice uh, graduated from university. And uh, there she is. And that uh, school teacher is still teaching at our school. And she's like her, we, we, we call them a godmother. Godmother has a very important role in Mozambique. She has walked Beatrice through the uh, 25 or so years of her life. She's now uh, graduated with a degree in human resources. And you see, he really does want to lift the poor out of the dust. And uh, all of us have opportunity uh, to minister to the poor. I'm getting there. Number five, which I've already mentioned, Jesus spent lots of time praying. Praying for others and praying with others is foundational in our walk, as it was with Jesus. Many times Jesus set aside time to pray alone with his Father. He also encouraged his disciples to sit and pray with him, even though they often went to sleep. Our training in missions began in what's called the Australian Prayer Network, praying for churches, praying for communities, and praying through cities in Australia. When crisis came to Mozambique in our centre about 12 years ago, our response was to build a 24-7 prayer room. It's the focal point of our decisions is to pray. It should be for you as well. Number six... Be careful what you sow. The concept of sowing and reaping is scattered throughout the Gospels, especially in the Sermon on the Mount. For instance, to the poor in spirit belongs the kingdom of heaven. The meek will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. The merciful will receive mercy. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul the Apostle expounds on this principle. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also will reap. For he who sows to his flesh will be of the flesh, of the flesh he will reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life. Where do you put your time, your energy, your passion, your finances? Are you more passionate for the rabbitos than you are for the Lord? No? Okay. Is watching maths on TV more important than the time with your family? Are you looking for opportunity to serve and to sow in the lives of others? Number seven, don't worry. 
Trust your heavenly Father. God provides for the sparrow and he clothes the lilies in a beauty that's unmatched even by Solomon in all his glory. How much more does your Father in heaven care for you? The rest of the passage in Matthew chapter 6 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God has been really faithful to Roz and I over the last 20 years. I boast, not in what we have, but in the goodness of God. And you and this church have been part of that blessing. Number eight, love your enemies. Jesus said, do good for those who hate you. In Luke chapter 6, verse 27. Pray for those who persecute you. Matthew 5, 44. And bless those who curse you. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. It's okay to have friends outside the church. It's okay to spend time with unbelievers. Look for opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with others. Number nine. Only got two to go. Adhere to the golden rule. The golden rule is the ethical principle of treating other people as one would, oneself would prefer to be treated. One of Jesus' most powerful and impacting teachings can be found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, and Luke chapter 6, verse 31. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And number 10 to finish with. Honour your mother and your father. No matter what is deserved, Jesus teaches us that we honour and respect our mums and dads. It is the first commandment that holds with it a promise that it may be well with you and you may live a long life on the earth. And we need to honour our own parents. We're very blessed to live with our daughter. We live underneath, she lives on top. She's promised that she's going to look after us until the day we die. I hold her to that. And you know there's something about honouring your mum and your dad, as well as your spiritual mums and dads, those who've led you to the Lord, those who are mothers and fathers of the church, to honour them, because that is a godly principle. That's our story. They are ten things that you can do that Jesus would do. But remember to worship, to pray, and to repent. And out of those, many of those other things will come. Ros and I return in April. We need to get back to prepare the way for the vision team. We'll be there or overseas for three months. And we're back here and then we go again in October and November. It's our greatest joy to spend time here in Australia and to spend this year about five months in Mozambique. It's part of the vision that God gave us for this year, or we were asked to, was to visit other bases. And so this year we'll be visiting a base in Jackson, Mississippi, which is right in the middle of a, a black township. 
We'll be visiting, hopefully, uh, Dakar in Senegal, where there's a base, as well as a large base in Johannesburg. We've extended, I think I've got a couple of photos. We've just spent time extending the visitors area and we're building a church. It's about 80% complete. I should have got Andrew to come along. Andrew loves building. I don't know what he thinks about my design. That's the prayer room at the end. And we're building the church off it. You can put the next one up. It has been, it's been, a lot more has been done than that. We've got the floor in and uh, it's all been cement rendered. And uh, that's the, that's connected, that's the prayer room on the left that we built about 12 years ago. And now we've extended the church off that and uh, we're just about to put windows and doors in it. I don't know it'll be operational but, um, by the time that the team arrives, but uh, we'll certainly be having them uh, pray, over, pray over that. I'm going to finish. I know Roz gets really mad when I do this, but, you know, I've got the microphone. You know, what we do is really for the Lord and for his glory. And sometimes you don't do it for any other reason. But a friend of Roz's uh, nominated her uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, in November, when we were, we were fortunate that we were back here for that time, she got awarded an Order of Australia for her work. I think there's a photo of that up there. There she is. That's with uh, my daughter and her, her two children and with the governor of Queensland. And you see, God's good. And uh, we were able to celebrate. And so now when you see Roz, you have to call her uh, Roz OAM. That's our story. But we want to thank you for being part of our story. But I want to finish this morning, and I've asked uh, Adam whether he can do the worship team up to sing How Great Thou Art. I know that probably wasn't on the list. Why How Great Thou Art? Because that really embodies who we all are. The greatness of our God. And I don't know if we're going to sing all the verses or not, but I want to use this as an opportunity for you to spend some time with the Lord. The altar's open. You want to come at the front and just repent? Or spend time with the Lord, just come and kneel. If you want prayer, I know there'll be a prayer team over here on the side that will pray for you. If you want to spend time in your seat, just worshipping the Lord. But we want to finish with declaring the goodness of God in our lives and saying, thank you, God. Thank you for dying. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you that we live in a nation, a land where we can worship you freely this morning, that we can pray and we can preach the gospel. We can touch the lives of others. So would you stand? This is a great old hymn. If you don't know it, you should learn it. We're going to sing at the top of our voices. And if you want to use this time to come and kneel at the front and spend time with God, spend time in His presence. And if you want prayer this morning for, for, for anything, I know the prayer team, I think, will be over here. We'll pray with you. Otherwise, feel free to come and kneel at the altar or where you are. Let's declare the goodness of God this morning, how great thou art. Thank you, Lord Jesus.